All right, we are here at the Rancho Obi-Wan with Dave Filoni, creator of Clone Wars and the upcoming Rebels series. Dave, if you could have a world record with Star Wars in the Guinness Book of World Records, what would it be? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess if they made a character like most screen time for Plo Koon, I already win that one. <laughs> There'd be several strange awards. We we have some Guinness record. I think it's like highest rated science fiction animated show and it's clone wars so it's in there somewhere I, that was like in its first year or something more specifically i don't know i i mean i'm happy for steve because i know that he's wanted this for a while so it's exciting to see it happening all right thanks a lot dave for taking some time we oh, really appreciate you. it thank you okay i am here with ross and newly charmaine cuddy here who got married yesterday at the rancho obi-wan so why did you guys pick to get married here at the rancho obi-wan of all places uh, well, we were coming here for the fundraiser, and um, we are going to be here for a few days anyways, and we knew a lot of our friends uh, were going to be here for the fundraiser, and we just thought this is a good time, and we know Steve and Bob, and just thought, well, you know, we've been together for 13 years, that this would be an appropriate venue for us, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, what for, because we're both big fans, and, and I'm a big collector, and Charmaine's up and coming in the collecting world, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just seemed like the right time, and and. Uh, to do it, and uh, yeah, the, I mean, Steve and Bob are very helpful, and Ann Newman uh, in, in organizing everything for us, and they had a lot of locals set up already for the fundraising event, which we used for our wedding, and yeah, it was just awesome. Very cool, and and Charmaine, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're not the bigger Star Wars fan here, so what was that like for you to be married here? It actually was quite wonderful. It was a good mixture of me and Ross, and uh, I, I absolutely loved it, because I am a fan of Star Wars. I'm not as big of a collector as Ross is, but I still love Star Wars, and um, it's a special part of our lives now, and it's our little mini family, so yeah, and we were engaged not too far from here too, so that also made it really, really special to get married here, so it was it was quite beautiful. Thank you very much, congratulations to you Thank both, you. and many yeah. happy years to come. Thank you very much. Thank you. Will you get on with it? Okay, okay. Welcome to Galaxy of Toys, a discussion about Star Wars toys of the past, present, and future. My name is Jason, and tonight we have some special coverage of World Record Night at Rancho Obi-Wan. This was held November 2nd, 2013. Steve Sansweet was officially inducted into the Guinness Book of World Records for 2014, with over 300,000 unique Star Wars items. Joining me tonight from IGrewUpStarWars.com, the OT curmudgeon, Tom. Hey, good, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Also joining us tonight from JediBusiness.com, Chris B. Hello, Chris. What's up, everybody? Hi, from- Chris. <laughs> <laughs> From Bendoms to the Black Series, he collects them all. It's our good friend, Ryan. I don't know if I can really say I collect them all now. After seeing that collection, uh, yeah, it's, uh, my collection seems so small now. I'm so, you, get to work, buddy. So <laughs> they, Okay. He has, what, 300,000 unique items? That's what it says in the Guinness Book of World Records, yeah. you got to be at about 100,000, right? I mean, you're getting... 
I, I don't know. I know I have 13,000 action figures. I, I know helped, that. But. I helped you move. I know you got it close. <laughs> yeah. I know you got it close. I think there's about 10,000 less, though, after the move. <laughs> well, how many did you take, Tom? <laughs> uh, speaking of Tom, jo- also joining us tonight, the other Tom from the Seattle Star Wars Collectors Club, Sarlacc. It is the other Tom. Hello, Tom. Hello, everyone. <laughs> how, Hi, does it, Tom. how does it feel to be known as the other Tom, Tom? Uh, I'm not quite sure yet, but if it differentiates me from you, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> He is a lot nicer than the regular Tom. So, Tom, do you want to tell us uh, what the Sarlacc Club is? That's that's you, Tom. <laughs> go, go for it, buddy. <laughs> tell everybody. The Seattle Area Lucas Artifacts Collectors Club. Did I get that right? I'm asking you. It's Lucasfilm. <laughs> I think it's Lucasfilm. <laughs> Lucasfilm. <laughs> I am the newest member, I believe, at least on this group. Um, so, you know, I'm still, uh, learning what Sarlacc is all about, but, uh, I definitely, uh, it's about friends and about travel and about a little bit of Star Wars. All right. Used to be, used to be the newest member after that dissection. (laughs) Sorry, Tom. (laughs) Also joining us tonight from Nerdventions and Sarlacc as well, it's Amy. Hello, Amy. Hi, guys. Good to have you back on the show. It's been a while. I think uh, you were on you were on what back in May for our Return of the Jedi 30th anniversary special. It's been way too long, and way not enough long. Ewoks have been discussed. I know. You know the the problem is we've been stuck in like the 70s. So I see. I see. We're, we're moving. We're moving on. Once we get out of the 70s, we'll be getting closer to more Ewoks. Getting getting close to Empire here. That's pretty good. All right. Remember, you can contact us at galaxyoftoys at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash galaxyoftoys. We're on Twitter, at galaxyoftoys. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, the smart way to listen to our podcast. Let's get into it. Um, So, Ryan, the other Tom, and Amy all were at this uh, World Records Night at Rancho Obi-Wan. So, we're probably going to let... The three of you do most of the talking, and we'll just ask the questions. Uh, Ryan, why don't you give us? Uh, why don't you start out and uh, tell us uh, about this event? So uh, on Saturday, it was the uh, the celebration of Steve Sansweet being put into the Guinness Book of World Records for this year as the um, world's largest Star Wars collector, Star Wars collection, I guess it technically is. And, and Has it- I'm sorry, I'm already interrupting you, but that's for technically for 2014, right? Yes, yeah, so this is the 2014 edition. Okay. It actually has a two-page spread on him in in the uh, in the book, and so this was a um, an invite uh, fundraiser. It did cost two hundred and fifty dollars to attend, but that does go toward the charity of um, the Rancho Obi Wan. It does not mean that money goes to purchasing new things for Steve Sansweet's collection, but more the the upkeep of um, of the facility and everything else with that. It was well worth it, I can say that. Uh, but it was an invite, uh, first of all, to um, people who are members of the Rancho Obi-Wan, and then it went out to the public for a little while to uh, sell off some more of the tickets. There was about, I think, a total of 125 people that attended. There was just kind of an evening of talks. There was a, a, a show done by James Arnold Taylor where he did a little bit of his well, one-man show. Uh, Randy Martinez was there uh, doing some of his songs. 
Um, and a couple other celebrities like Dave Filoni, um, Tom Kane, and uh, Catherine Tabor were also there, uh, as well as just a lot of well-known Star Wars collectors and uh, from all over the world. Um, people we know like Gus Lopez and Duncan Jenkins were there and Pete Vilmer. And it was just kind of a celebration of being put in the world records. He unveiled the certificate uh, that stated that he has the world's largest Star Wars collection now. And it was just there on to having fun with others. There was a live auction as well as a silent auction. Again, with proceeds going to benefit the Rancho Obi-Wan. Basically, it was just a big party for the most part. All right. Uh, Tom, what was your uh, what was your impression of Rancho Obi-Wan once you arrived? Um, well, this was actually my second trip there, but uh, it's an amazing collection, and it is spread out really well. Uh, I'm sure that he has thousands of things that you can't see as part of the collection, but he has a great library, a art room, then it goes on into you know some of the larger items like his display from the FAO Schwartz of the actual Cantina band, and it's I mean it's almost overwhelming and you really can't get a good handle on it in one seven-hour visit. You need multiple trips to just for it to really sink in and see some of the details of some of the really cool stuff that he's got, especially the one-of-a-kind um, bootlegs or fan-made items that he's got in his collection. Speaking of fan-made collections, I was looking at some of Ryan's photos that he posted on our Facebook page, and uh, there were a lot of Steve Sansweet custom action figures. Indeed. (laughs) I I had no idea. How many, Ryan, how many do you think you saw there? I think there had to be close to 30 at least. Wow. (laughs) I mean, there was action figures, there was 12-inch, there was just... Everything. All sorts of little things, yeah. I, I had no idea there was that much, too, but it was interesting. I'm assuming a lot of that's just given to him by fans, which is cool. But. Amy, what, what were your first impressions upon arriving at the at the event? Well, my first first impressions were um, waiting in line because they had a standard line in, um, in downtown Petaluma, California to get on the shuttle. And so we waited there for a good 45 minutes. And if you can imagine, there's like 40 of us kind of in our geek finest uh, standing in the middle of downtown Petaluma and a lot of strange looks from, you know, just the neighbors. But that was that was the beginning of it for me anyway. But uh, the ranch itself, very impressive. It's my second time there, so I can't say it, it was my first impression of it. But um, I was impressed by how much the collection had turned over and how, how many things had changed in the collection since the last time I visited. Does he rotate his collection? or He, he does. He rotates um, quite a lot of the shelves and mm-hmm. the displays, so you might still have the same areas where you'll have the handmade collectibles in one area and you'll have um, bootlegs in another area, but mm-hmm. the items on those shelves does change. And I know you're an Ewok collector, and I have to say I saw this photo, another one that's on our Facebook page, of a carded Ewok who was... Um, <clears throat> who has two glue sticks in the uh, blister. Did you see that? Oh, yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> Any, what is there, do you know if there's like a story behind that? Um, I'm trying to remember the country, and I'm probably going to get it wrong. I think it was, it wasn't, I don't think it was an offer in the U.S. It might I think have been it was Germany. Italy. Huh? I think it was Italy. Okay. And um, I think they had extra figures. And so what they decided to do was um, blister pack it with glue sticks to to try and sell off a lot of the extras that they had. Wow. <laughs> so, 
it's kind of a rare thing because you don't see them packaged. Usually whoever bought them, you know, took it out of the package. So yeah. And better yet, there was actually a recent story about that specific set where somebody had that AFA graded as uncirculated to where uh, they took out the Ewok and the glue sticks and put it in an AFA box. Kidding. An uncirculated. No, I'm not. So there's, <laughs> an, there's an AFA graded glue stick. Yes, exactly. Oh, you know, aged uhu is is really delicious. If you didn't know, there's my uh, donation for the uh, podcast. Good night, everybody. Chris B, did you uh did you enjoy the trip to Rancho Obi Wan? Um, I did, but I didn't go down for for the celebration over the weekend. I was there uh, more than a year ago. Uh, and uh, and you had a good time. Oh yeah, I was I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Was the uh, action figure collection up to par? Um, you know, when I was there, I actually talked to him about uh, his figure collection because he was still... That was right before his action figure book came out. And he actually had not a single modern figure on display. Um, he had a loose collection, but they were all sorted in his office because he had to take pictures of it for, for uh, his book. Um, but, you know, I asked him if he's ever going to display his modern action figure collection, and he said that uh, uh, when they comes that he has more space, then he'd be happy to do so. But at this point, uh, he wouldn't know where to put it. So maybe in the future. Who knows? Tom, you would have you been at home then. No modern action figures displayed. Yeah, I'm, that's, uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm, uh, well, as as you guys know, I'm not a real huge modern. Well, I'm not a modern fan by any means. That's uh, kind of yeah. surprising to me that he doesn't display anything. There's so many more modern figures than vintage, but that's cool. This time around, he definitely had more modern. Um, he had some of those Power of the Force two displays, and oh, you know, they had one of Tom's favorite items on display. Oh God, here we um, go. Go ahead, the, Ryan. Go the ahead. Jar Jar with the uh, the the tongue um, candy. He had a, a box full of those there. And in fact, on the scavenger hunt through uh, Rancho Obi-Wan, you had to find different pieces of collectibles. We had hints and stuff. And if you found the right one, you got a collector's card that was of that collectible, and one of them was the box of Jar Jar with candy tops. <laughs> mm. I remember those in the store like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, the tongues aren't faring too well anymore. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, and this is the other Tom, not the OT curmudgeon Tom. <laughs> Tell us about the the party. Were there a lot of people there right away? Did it slowly fill in? What was the vibe? Well, kind of as Amy said, it uh, kind of slowly started because the they didn't have parking on site, so you had to take the shuttle in, mm-hmm. and the shuttle was running rather slowly. So we were there about 40 minutes, 45 minutes after it started, and we were the second shuttle to come in. And I'd say there was probably at least three more shuttles after that with people. Wow. Did it, did it feel crowded inside? Only when he was speaking for specific things and everybody was in one confined area. Like he did the official unveiling of his certificate uh, in front of the life-size Darth Vader. Um, so everybody was gathered around that and it was a little crowded. When James Arnold Taylor was doing his show, everybody was in the art wing and so it was, you know, a little crowded there. Uh, but other than that, it didn't really feel all that crowded because people would spread out to look at all of the stuff. Uh, plus, he had a tent outside where they had all of the food because um, there was a full Italian food dinner um, plus uh, cupcakes for dessert that had uh, these sugary characters used from the uh, the cookie cutters. So they had the the Yoda, the Chewbacca, the Stormtrooper, the Darth Vader. 
did the um and did this start promptly at 4 p.m. like the um like his website had said? Is that we didn't get there right at 4 p.m. So I okay. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and did it go? Uh, did it go most of the night, or did it was was the cutoff at 11? Or the cutoff was pretty much at 11. I don't mm-hmm. remember if that's exactly when we caught our shuttle out. And did they did they just kick people out like you got to go, man? Was there like a bouncer? Um. Somewhat. Somewhat, okay. <laughs> they, they came through and reminded everyone that the last shuttle was leaving at, like, I think it was 11.15. So. Oh, okay. And um, so, so Tom, you mentioned uh, James Arnold Taylor, and, of course, he's the uh, very famous voice actor. Amy, I saw that you got your picture taken with him. Did you get to chat with him at all? I did. Oh, well, a very small amount. I told mm-hmm. him I was an Obi-Wan collector, and got to meet him, and I got to meet uh, Ewan McGregor. So that's two living Obi-Wans in my book, both cool. really, really fantastic nice people ryan why don't you take us deeper into the collection tell us uh tell us some exactly give us some detailed images of what you saw at steve sansweet's uh, rancho obi-wan yeah i uh, this was my uh, unlike uh, amy and tom this was my first visit to rancho obi-wan so it was all brand new to me and we came in uh downstairs and you had to get your badge and you know be checked off that you were there. They had a bag check and everything. Anyway, you go up the stairs and there was the silent auction room that you could go through with tons of cool stuff in there. And then over on the left was the library uh, with just a lot of lo- lots and lots and lots of Star Wars books. And you went down the stairs into the kind of main collection room where you, if you've ever seen a picture of Rancho Obi Wan, people usually posed in front of the uh, Darth Vader uh, outfit. And then there, right. Next to there was the Cantina Band display, which came from a Vegas display, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then some life-size, uh, life-size uh, Boba Fett and Han and Carbonite. And then it went down into all sorts of just shelves and shelves and shelves of stuff. Um, early on, there was like uh, some vintage items. I know I saw a lot of vintage bootlegs in that area, as well as like the the Ewok with the glue sticks and the Bib Fortuna with the uh, to- the toothpaste. And then down a little further was a lot of handmade items, and I think Amy was being a little modest there, but there was uh, almost a full shelf of items made by Amy right there in the handmade items. Uh, Job of the Hut pillow and uh, the Ewok, or not Ewok, the Wookiee family from uh, Life Day. Uh, and then you went into another room, and it was kind of like uh, a lot of high-end items. There was the um, the giant Millennium Falcon uh, resin cast with the die-cast figures. And I'm trying to remember the maker of that. Does anybody remember who made that? No, no I'm getting blank. <laughs> Something is I own the Darth Vader, and I cannot remember what... Right, the... You're talking about the Attackix model? Yes, yes, that's exactly it. The, if you've never seen it, it's a giant like action figure, completely to scale, cut in probably a quarter of the Millennium Falcon, where you can see in the inside, and then it has the outside with the cockpit. And then the ramp goes down inside the Death Star, and it has, like, the doorway going in where you have uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fighting. And that thing is huge, and it's awesome, and I remember it being extremely expensive. But also in that room were some um, models made uh, out of, uh, like, aluminum uh, by a fan. Uh, There was also uh, several... um, unproduced prototypes like the Ewoks and droids figures that were never made and going up into that out of that you go into the uh, what looks like the the tent of v4 hallway which i believe was made for celebration four by the droid builders is that right amy that was the r2 builders yeah they made it for celebration four and uh oh gosh i think mike senna and michael mcmaster's uh assembled it in steve's collection 
Yeah, I, it looks really cool. It looks right at home in there. And there's generally somebody from the 501st dressed up in a Stormtrooper Darth Vader outfit standing there almost all night. Uh, from there, you went into the art wing, um, which ha- also has the video game area and tons of art. And there's like stuff from the Rose Parade, uh, all just all sorts of stuff in there, as well as the store for Rancho Obi-Wan, where they had like new things on sale, like the Viewmaster. For as a limited well. time. For li- for, oh, is it just for a limited? Oh, that's right. There's very few. They only made 100. That's right. That's right. I got a question. Uh, we, I got a question about the Viewmaster. Okay. So, the Viewmaster was that the did he do that um, because he saw the one at uh, the Seattle uh, Ice event? Absolutely. Okay. He bought, he bought or he got one at the event and brought it back, and Ann Newman instantly contacted Gus and was like, "Where did you go and get it made, and how do I get it made? And we need to make these for this event." Okay, so it was inspired by Ice. It wasn't something he had cooking before he went no. to Ice. Okay, that's he what even I he even had Gus take all the photos for it, too. Right. Nice. But in, in the art wing, they also had the live auction later in the day, and it's also where James Arnold Taylor did his show and uh, Randy Martinez did uh, his music. Um, in that area was also the uh, the Blu-ray display from San Diego Comic-Con in 2011, I believe it was, and um, where it's kind of it looks like the, uh, the map from the Rebel base at Yavin, and it has a TV then on top of it. Um, and that was actually used as partly interactive with the James Arnold Taylor show as well. And then out, you kind of could go outside there, and there was the, as Tom said, the place to go eat um, all the awesome food that we got to eat there. Um, I would say that's kind of a brief description. It's hard to go through everything. There's side passages off of the main hallway uh, that were mostly blocked off for this event. Um, there were stairs that go up into other areas that were also blocked off. So I didn't get to see any of that. I couldn't tell you anything about what was back there. But um, I, it was it was awesome. And Are these items just sitting there on a shelf? Are they behind glass? or they're just, nope, just, just sitting there on a shelf. Are there little signs that say, do not touch, or something yes. like that? Yes. Yes, there yeah, were there signs that said, don't touch. <laughs> and actually, the, the prototypes and some of those high-end things uh, in the one room are behind glass. Yes. Yeah. And and we did see an item get broken while we were there. What got broken? Um, the side. I think it was the sideshow quarter scale figures. It was a mythos statue. Oh, oh. Myth- yeah. Oh, it was, but and it was, it was Anakin, wasn't it? It was Anakin in the. Or I don't know if it was Anakin. It was the hand came out of the peg, but when it dropped, part of the lightsaber broke off. So was, was someone just getting unruly at the party and knocked Actually, it over? Actually, it was one of the volunteers that ended yep. up walking oh. by. It was a volunteer, so they were like, oh, okay, we don't get blamed. Were they escorted out after they broke the collectible? No, they're like, don't worry about it. It's going to go to the garage. I'm going to fix it later. So I was like, yeah. okay. Well, was that, a, uh, was that a, a prequel figurine? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, he also had one other event in there. I forgot about it. Um, I, Tom did this, at least. They had a balloon pop. And unlike your standard carnival balloon pop where you throw darts at balloons, uh-huh. you just took the dart up and popped a balloon. And a number would fall out, and the number corresponded to a prize that was laying on the floor. You had to pay $20 to do that. Um, and it went over really well. They actually got rid of all the prizes, and every balloon was popped. So it was a really interesting idea. Wow. What'd you get, What'd you get? What'd you get, Tom? Um, well, it was actually Michael that did the uh, balloon pop. And she got a set of the uh, ice trays. Oh, so it wasn't a nice. great size. But she is the reason why you walked up there and just popped the balloon because she was the first one and she actually threw the dart 
and it nearly hit the guy in the foot after it bounced <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> so they were worried that throwing the darts may not be a good idea in a collection room. Setting examples, that's good. Yes, so... I have this strange phobia against popping balloons, so I'm probably for the best I wasn't there. <laughs> so, Ryan, how many people were there that you saw at ICE? Because some of the pictures that I saw that you posted, like, I did recognize quite a few people there. I, I think I heard there were somewhere around 25 people that attended ICE, something like that. Tom, Amy, do you have a better idea? Yeah, 25, 30 sounds about right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. At the ICE event, a lot of people brought their own um, giveaways just to hand out buttons and and things like that. Did uh, did that go on at this, too? I only know one person who brought a giveaway. Yep. <laughs> who was that, and what did they bring? Would you like to take that one, Amy? <laughs> Amy, you take that, yes. Well, it goes back to Ryan, Tom, and I were in a carpool uh, doing a little shopping spree, and we were trying to figure out what to bring as a giveaway. And I, invariably, the discussion went to vomit bags, because, you know, Conversation about collectibles usually goes in that direction. Well, there was a reason we did vomit bags. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's because if you, if anybody remembers, Virgin America actually did Star Wars vomit bags a number of years ago. And it just so happened we were flying Virgin America to, to go to this event. So that was a little bit of inspiration for that. So I talked to Kurt Hanks, and uh, he designed us up a really awesome logo that says... <laughs> Admiral Ackbarf's air sickness bag. And then it said, Sarlacc visits Rancho Obi-Wan, a collection so large it will make you sick. <laughs> that is clever. It was yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. I yeah, like Kurt, that. Kurt knocked it out with that one. It's just awesome. Yeah, it was out of the park. Kurt always does an amazing job. and so right. yeah. Good job, Kurt. Yeah. And now one of those resides in Dave Filoni's collection because I gave him one. And Steve's collection. And of course, Steve's. Yeah, we had to give him one. Yeah. Did, uh, was... I'm sure Steve was very busy, but did any of you get a chance to talk with him? Oh, absolutely. I think I think uh, Steve made a very good point of trying to be available and out there and traveling diff- through the different rooms and said hi and got a chance to talk to everybody. Yeah. And the, the other part of that was there was a trading card scavenger hunt going on. And the first card that you got when you got in the door told you different clues and each clue referenced a certain collectible in the collection. And so you would go around the collection trying to figure out what collectible that was. And when you got near it, there was a stack of trading cards. You could pick one up. And the last trading card um, was actually Steve Sansweet himself. So you would go to Steve to get the trading card and he would sign it. And at that point that gave you the opportunity to talk to Steve. Wow. It was was very well orchestrated. Yep. Um, Tom, one of your focus collections are food items? Yes. Yes. And did he have many food items on display? No, I wouldn't say he had many. He had some Mm. on one of the main shelves, um, but most of his food collection is more of the flat stuff. And so it's kind of, it's with all of his uh, current action figures, I think, in one of the uh, alternate rooms kind of stored waiting for cataloging. Um, but he had a few of the more, you know, like he had a, has a giant knockoff cereal box in his, you know, in the big art room, you know, some stuff like that that's more of a one of a kind rather than, you know, going to the grocery store and buying the box of tricks that has the Star Wars logo on it. So he didn't have like a big uh, sack of M&M wrappers laying around or anything? No, I think those are all, yeah, stored in a box somewhere waiting for Anne to get to them um, to go back into a box somewhere else later. <laughs> well, Tom, you did see the the boxes and boxes sitting on the stairs of all the flattened cereal boxes, right? Right. Well, that's what I say. They're they're not really on display, but they're there. Right. You, you could definitely tell there was a bunch of cereal boxes. Over there. 
and that's up those stairs on either side is kind of what's there is all of the his boxes of different you know whether it's displays from stores or the food products or all of those things that he just really hasn't gotten to organizing and sorting through to determine if he has them all or if he's got duplicates he's got a lot of that kind of stuff around and so the 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 the, the new world record that he has says he has over 300,000 confirmed unique Star Wars items Yes. Did they get into that much? Did they talk about if they counted them or? Not really. The only no. thing that was really said about it being the world record was toward the beginning, they had the unveiling ceremony of the certificate. And Steve talked about the timeline of everything of, uh, you know, when he was contacted, when they came out to the photo shoot, when they were allowed to announce it. And then that the certificate had just shown up the previous day, I believe it was. And then him trying to order a new uh, second certificate because they allow you to do that, and that mm-hmm. took some doing, I guess. And uh, that he he doesn't expect that for a little while yet. But uh, other than that, like the opening ceremony type of thing, there wasn't, I would say, much said about it. Other than all the swag that that you got for being there, all said the world record night and um, lots of logo stuff for that, and all the volunteers and T-shirts of world record night. Does anybody know who was the previous world record holder of the world's most Star Wars? collectibles i don't know the guy's name but he's in texas and the impression i had was that he knew somebody at guinness before Mm -hmm. and that they never really validated the claim at the time and just kind of gave it to him and it's apparently been a uh, a contentious thing in the you know collecting community that this guy has this but everybody knows it's not true so um and so was he so was this guy at the event to (laughs) say goodbye to his record i would I would kind of want to go if someone else. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's kind of one thing, though, if, if somebody outdoes you by a little bit, you know. But if you go to Steve's collection and check his collection out, I mean, you just got, I mean, smashed, you know, by so many more items, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, I believe the last record was only like 20,000 range. Right. Oh, Ryan's got that beat. That's He's it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ryan's wow. definitely got that beat. Tom, did you get to meet uh, a bunch of collectors that you had never met before? Honestly, I think I only met met and talked to two collectors that I had not met before. Adam from England and Kevin from, where is Kevin from? L.A., I think. Kevin's from L.A., but uh, moved to San Francisco and is now working at ILM. That's, That's right. right. Was there any press at this event? Just Ryan. <laughs> I was going to say, I was sorry. <laughs> So there weren't, there weren't TV crews there or anything? No, there was lots of people with, I mean, I know they hired professional cameramen to do stuff, but I know there were people from other websites or other podcasts there taking lots of pictures. I have not checked much on the web today at all to see if anybody else has a bunch of posted pictures from it on a site or anything, but I, I think there might be some other like websites and stuff that covered it a bit, but I, I don't Mint, know. net was there from France. That's right, that's right. I remember seeing their shirts at Rancho Obi Wan? They have collectibles for sale at at the ranch. Yes, is that right. And w- so, did they, were they were they for sale? Were they available during this event? Oh yes. And what did they have? Um, well, the aforementioned Viewmasters were were there. Um, no, wait a minute. And those were for sale, or those were a giveaway? Those were for sale. Okay. Okay. Yeah, those were not a giveaway. You had to buy those. Okay. And they came with three. Was it three or two Viewmaster reels? Two reels. Yeah, I think it was two. And then there was a T-shirt, uh, a baseball cap, 
there are little like plushy animals that are based on animals that actually live there at the ranch, and they came with exclusive uh, Rancho Obi Wan pins. Um, what else was there, guys? Uh, a coaster, a patch. They used to have coffee mugs. I can't remember if he still had those or not. Y- yeah, I think they did have the coffee mugs there. And then all of, or several of his books. Yeah. You uh, of the pictures you posted on Facebook, the one of the um. The prototypes that were made out of uh, Fisher Price Adventure people. <laughs> yeah, those have got a lot of attention on our Facebook page. I, I noticed, and that was just something I was like, "Oh, hey, we've talked about these before. I got to grab a picture of these." Yeah. Were those? Um, hey, yeah. Ryan, were those? Uh, were those the real prototypes, or were those fan made? Actually, if you look in his book of one thousand collectibles, they're fan made. They're recreated. Oh, they they're recreations. Oh, well, they're, the yeah, they're they are re- recreations Whatever. of the prototypes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Those they are, are awesome. cool. Yeah. I'd love I'd love a set of those. Yeah, they looked really cool. I if if you had never said anything, I would have thought they were the real thing. So, but yeah, they were they were really cool. Uh, were really well done. <laughs> when you're at a, you know, when you're seeing a collection of this size, so he's probably, you know, he's the person who's closest to having everything, right? Um is it like, well, you can never top this collection? Does it make you want to give up or does it inspire you to want to collect more? And I'll ask Ryan first. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make me want to give up uh having you know when when i first got involved in sarlacc in the 90s i, I you'd go to other people's collections and you know there were some people with some pretty large collections in the seattle area and i would see them and honestly some of them did aspire me to to want to collect more and buy more um sometimes i'd like to go back to myself back then and go you don't need that much stupid but at, at the same time you go in to see something like that it's like i could I can look at that and say, you know, yeah, there's no way I would ever amass that much. And as it is in the past decade or so, probably more than that, 15 years, I, I decided to not have to buy everything. Whereas in the 90s, I felt like every Star Wars thing that came out, I had to buy it. If there's something new, with Star Wars on it. I had to go out and buy it, whether it was party supplies, just a you know, piece of paper or uh, placemats from Taco Bell or whatever. Um, it's like I had to have it. And now it's it's a lot less. I've kind of boiled it down to the Hasbro stuff for the most part, or toys in general. But it's, it's seeing that's really cool. I wouldn't say it, it definitely doesn't uh, make me not want to do it anymore, to just give up. As far as inspiring, I think it gives me ideas for displaying, um, if I ever had that kind of room to be able to display a little bit better. But I, I, there's stuff that's it's the type of thing, you go see a collection like that, and to me it's really cool. You go see that and think, wow, I can go see that and I don't have to own it. There's... Like I said, several collections, like if you go to Gus Lopez's place, it's like, yeah, I can go see all that stuff, and it's really cool, and I don't feel the need that I should own that, because I can go and visit it, and that's fine. Um, and I mean, isn't that's kind of the point of a museum in many ways, is that you know you don't have to own that art, you can go visit it. And th- I think that's the way Steve's place works. Tom, do you, was it inspiring to be there, or do you feel like you could never catch up? Uh, well, I know I will, I will never catch up. Um, I have a spouse that will never let me catch up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it is inspiring and kind of like with Ryan, it's I don't feel like I have to own everything and I don't feel like oh, I, I will never catch him. So I should stop now. Um, really, a lot of what he's done is he's amassed so many interesting and either rare or unique things that, you know, some of the rare things I look at and see, oh, I do want to have that. I need to go look for that. You know, because a lot of them aren't expensive. They're just hard to find. And then there's some other things that I see that he's got that's like, 
you know, I'd like something like that, or I like the art by that person, and, you know, try to find something similar. So I'm not really trying to duplicate his collection, but he gives me inspiration of what I want to look for to enhance my own collection. Amy, do you think you'll ever catch up with the amount of Ewoks he has? Never. Never. He even blew my mind with a couple items that I didn't even know existed this last time. There's um, There was a lawn gnome that came out from Lucasfilm a while ago. It was a Jawa that was a gardener. Uh-huh. <laughs> and apparently there was an Ewok version. And I think it's I think it's just a prototype, really. But it's an Ewok dressed as a forest park ranger. And his, he's holding a shovel in one hand, and his foot is resting on a stormtrooper helmet. And I absolutely would love to have that. But I have a feeling that's a one-off. <laughs> wow, that sounds really cool. Ryan, did you take any photos of that? Yeah, I did. I, I posted a picture of the Ewok. Okay. And on that same Check shelf, there's actually several other garden items. I remember an AT-AT that tripped over a garden hose. Um, I have a photo of that one. Okay. Um, there was like two others, weren't there? There was um, Yoda sitting on a log, and then the yeah. other one was the Jawa gardener, which has already okay. been posted. Yeah. Or sold. And they were awesome. I'd love to see that stuff produced. It was just really cool stuff. Yeah. Now, in the next 10 years the amount of Star Wars films is probably going to double. We'll probably be looking at 12 films in 10 years from now, as opposed to only the six out now. Um, is there gonna, how, Where do you see Rancho Obi-Wan? Did you get any sense from Steve what he was going to collect? I, I didn't hear anything at this event, but I've heard interviews with him and elsewhere to where he just sounds really excited to have more Star Wars stuff coming out. But at the same time, he's, he's said like he'd, doesn't feel he has to be a completist like he doesn't have to buy every single star wars item that comes out but the majority of it in general Uh, and he sounds excited about the new movies excited about new product coming out um as it is they're starting to build a uh an addition onto the back of rancho obi-wan so there's gonna be more space uh for stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah ot curmudgeon tom are you still there yes yes i'm here (laughs) i'm just uh i'm just taking it in you know Um, Do you plan on getting to Rancho Obi-Wan? Yeah, one of these days. I was kind of, I didn't realize, you know, I, you know, hindsight's 2020. I would have loved to go with you guys, but there's a lot going on this month and a lot of traveling. So I had to pick and choose. I did uh, learn that uh, my buddy Sean Fuller was there, if you guys know him. Yeah. It would have been good to hang out with him a little bit. Um, So, yeah, that was uh, kind of a bummer. Maybe next time. I'm sure that... uh, uh, world record isn't going anywhere quick so maybe he'll have another one next year or something who knows but yeah i, I definitely want to go down and and check out the collection it, who doesn't it, what you're not your your uh your worth in salt if uh, as far as being a star wars collector if you don't have just a, a little bit of a motivation to go down and see steve's collection for sure you know, sounds James, great i'd like to go back to something you were talking about earlier you, you kind of when you were asking us about if, if his collection inspired us or made us want to quit, and just something kind of hit me is like, you know, the thing I like about Star Wars collecting is I've never felt like it's a competition. I mean, obviously, Guinness Book of World Records, the idea is kind of competition in some ways. But I, I, I would doubt that any of us on this on this podcast here today would think of collecting as a competition. Um, you know, we, we all share our collections and, and show it to other people. Um, I remember like stuff in the 90s of He Who Dies With The Most Toys Wins and things like that, but I wouldn't say any of us believes that idea. I mean, for most of us, 
this event is really kind of goes along with what Star Wars collecting is. It's not just about the the product and the merchandise. It's it's about the people that come together and the people we get to know through all of this. I mean, we all have stuff in our collections that we've gotten because we know somebody, because somebody picked it up for us or told us where to get it or or that sort of thing. And the whole networking of, of communities for Star Wars collecting makes the hobby so much more fun. Um, I would not want to think about if it was like if you were in a Star Wars group and the whole idea was to see if you could amass more product than the other person. That just doesn't sound like fun at all. Yeah, we all. I think we all have our different styles for sure. Yeah. yeah. If we all had the same thing, it'd pre- be a pretty boring tour of everybody's place. Of course, I, I could use the room myself, though. I haven't looked. Personally, I haven't looked inside a Guinness Book of World Records in a long time. When I was in uh, elementary school, that was one of the favorite things to do for for me and some of my friends was to get the book out and, and page through it and look at all the funny pictures and and there's really a lot of fun in that book and I'm kind of inspired to pick up the new the new version it's uh I'm looking on Amazon right now and it's only $16.28 for the hardcover version uh 9.99 for the Kindle um but I th- I think I'm going to pick this up I would yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I need to. Yeah, like you, Jason, I, I haven't looked into one of these in a long time. I always, I always headed to um, some of the more science-oriented world records and stuff. So yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't opened one of these up, definitely. It's always you do know yourself a favor. Pictures of the world's shortest, you know, woman or man or world, you know, just like crazy pictures and stuff. I just remember from the, you know, the 70s looking at it or early yeah, it was, 80s. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a bizarre yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. Kind of cool. Well, I know I, I didn't get a chance to look through mine. Uh, did you guys look through the book yet, Amy, Tom? Jim and I were looking through it at the airport, and it's it hasn't changed much other than the graphics are probably a little bit better than they used to be, but there are still all of those bizarre pictures and very odd records of why would anybody even think to do that, let alone try to have a record at it. You know, the one I remember from being a kid, it always kind of grossed me out when I'd see it in that book, was the person with the longest fingernails or whatever. Oh, I remember seeing that one. Yeah, is that still in there? <laughs> <laughs> you, are the world's fattest twins still in there? Because that was one that I always, we always wanted to look at that photo, because they were on motorcycles. Yeah, that was do- totally bizarre. I know the picture that you're talking about, Jason. It's just... <laughs> I think that's actually been parodied over the years too. You know? I think you're right, Tom. I, I think uh, Family Guy might have done something with that. Or something. I always love that photo, and if if that record hasn't beaten, I'll be a little bit sad because the photo of those two on the motorcycle was just so much entertainment when I was like in third grade or something. <laughs> I, I think you're very much right, though, that the those that book is is really a, a a kind of a kids thing. I know at the two schools I work at, both libraries have. Quite the collection of the Guinness Book of World Records. I haven't looked to see if they have the 2014 in there yet. Uh, but yeah, and when I was telling my own students that that's where I was over the weekend, they they kind of seemed in awe about the whole idea of Guinness Book of World Records and having and have something to do with that. So I wouldn't mind I would picking up uh, one of those, uh, you know, Guinness World Record books back in eighty eighty two, maybe that'd be fun to look at. Mm-hmm. Bring back I, a few I, memories. I think I've got a couple from the late 80s. I was going through some old books. I was planning to just kind of give away. Maybe I'll go pull up. I, I saw a couple Guinness Book of World Records in there. Maybe I'll pull those out. Flip through them and see what we can find. On the, yeah. on the new book, it says, um, officially amazing. And then it says, animate this. See it in 3D with the free app. 
So apparently there's some kind of app you could download to look at some of this in 3D, I guess. Well, you could see the fat twins on uh, motorcycles in 3D. Who, yeah. who doesn't want that? <laughs> I'm going to get it right now. Amy, anything else you want to say about this um, event? I just had a really great time. It's it's always nice to see collectors. I don't feel like there's a collector envy at all with mm-hmm. these things. I think it's, it, if nothing else, it, it spurs you to become more focused and maybe you want to get some things that you hadn't seen before. Um, when I go through Steve's, I usually take pictures of all the things that I'd like to find. Um, and, and I really had a great time getting to, to talk to collectors and, and meet new ones. Um, I talked to Pete Vollmer for, gosh, quite, quite some time. And, um, we, we were talking about ceramic bootlegs, you know, vintage ceramic bootlegs. And, uh, I got to sneak into the back area of the collection, which was cordoned off to see the whole section of, uh, bootleg ceramics that Steve has. And my mind was blown. I mean, I, I didn't know probably three quarters of the stuff that was on those shelves. I'd, I'd never seen it before. Um, so, and I, I thought I had a pretty good grasp of what was out there, but apparently not. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that's kind of spurred me on to, to looking and seeing what else is out there that I'm missing. Um, it's always a good time hanging out with collectors. Yeah, I think you said it, Amy. <laughs> I think uh, for some of those listeners, you know, that are on the fence with events like this, I mean, if you can swing it financially, it's like coming home to getting together with folks that that are really a, a really cool bunch of people. So if if you can if you could do something like this, definitely don't hesitate. Go out there and just meet some folks that definitely share your passion. I I absolutely agree with you, Tom. There, uh, one one of the best things I know for those of us here in Sarlacc is. That we go on trips like this, uh, and we go, uh, I mean, go to the celebrations and, and other trips. Unfortunately, I know I missed the trip that Sarlacc did last year, where they went down to the Tarantula Obi Wan as well as uh, the Redwood Forest filming location. But I mean, getting together with a group of collectors to go anywhere and travel—it's just a ton of fun. You're around people who have who are like-minded, who want to see pretty much the same stuff that you do, and most of the time, it's relatively inexpensive. I mean. For those of us who went on this this weekend, it, honestly, there was the $250 admission price, but everything else was fairly cheap to do it. Fortunately, I mean, for us living in Seattle, it was a cheap uh, plane trip down there, but I, I highly recommend to anybody who thinks about doing trips like this, do it. Get together with some, some other collectors. Go out and do trips like this and have fun with, with your fellow collectors because it's just it makes Star Wars collecting even more fun. Hitchhike if you have to. Yeah, just that's get right. There. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> Tom, any uh, final thoughts on the world record night at Rancho Obi-Wan? I, say, I agree with Ryan completely on the travel part of that. I mean, that's been one of the best parts of, you know, being more active with the Seattle group and with several of the people that we, you know, reconnected with down at Rancho Obi-Wan that um, Michael and I have been on, you know, several trips around the world with. You know, the other part that I found a lot of fun was actually the live auction. Michael gave me permission to uh, bid on some things in the live auction. And at one point I got into a bidding war with a friend over one piece that I finally gave up and let him have. Uh, it was the prototype uh, Greedo Hallmark ornament. But uh, just having, you know, knowing him and then seeing the looks he was giving me as I kept bidding him up. and <laughs> <laughs> Did you leave still friends? We did. Okay. <laughs> 
but that that was one of Steve's comments during the auction was, uh, well, looks like this friendship is over. <laughs> but, uh, you know, with the group, though, it's, you know, it, it's not the envy. I mean, we are still friends. He won the auction. He decided he could spend more on it than I wanted to. But we are still friends. And that's really what's the core of the collecting. You know, the stuff brings you together, but the friendships you make is what makes it enjoyable. Looks like you can find some pretty good information online about Rancho Obi-Wan by just going to RanchoObiWan.org. Well, that wraps up our show for tonight. Remember, you can contact us at galaxyoftoys at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash galaxyoftoys. Twitter at Galax... No, Twitter, yeah, at galaxyoftoys. And listen to us on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or whatever. We're out, We're there. You can find us. I would like to thank everyone for joining me tonight from iGrewUpStarWars.com, the OT curmudgeon Tom. Good talking to you guys. Uh, good uh, congrats goes to uh, Steve and Rancho Obi-Wan. So, yeah, wish I was there. From JediBusiness.com, Chris B., but we just call him Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great listening to you guys talk about the whole experience there. So thanks. From Bendham to the Black Series, he collects them all, our good friend Ryan. Thanks for having me once again. I had an absolute blast uh, down at Retro Obi-Wan. It was uh, just a ton of fun to be there. From the Sarlacc group, our pal Tom. Thanks, Jason. I had a great time on my first uh, podcast and had a great time over the weekend with uh, Ryan, Jim, and Amy. It was a great trip. Glad to have you on for your first time. We'll have to brainstorm some more and maybe come up with an idea for a big serial extravaganza. I think that would be so kind of fun. <laughs> and from Nerdventions, Amy? Thanks for having me uh, back on the show, guys. Glad to know I didn't scare you off with all my talk at Ewoks last time. <laughs> and tell us again, how do they? How do people find your uh, your your um, craft store online? Um, Nerdventions is on Etsy. So if you go to etsy.com, type in Nerdventions, you should be able to find it there. Okay, that wraps up our world record night at Rancho Obi-Wan special coverage. We won't call it a special edition because that'd probably irk Tom a little. And Don't use that name in vain. <laughs> good night, but not goodbye. Just one more round, friend, then a homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend, and then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more rhyme, friend. Yes, it's a crime, friend. But you know time, friend. Time can fly. So it's good night, friend. Good night, but not goodbye.